I'm not a scholar. I'm not an authority. I'm just someone seeking truth and righteousness. I read the scriptures constantly and thought to share what I'm discovering along the way. As I study, I get ideas and say them loud. It might be truth or it might be another pothole I step in on my journey. For me, the important thing is to keep pressing forward to the tree. I hear the fruit of the tree is delicious and I am determined to find out for myself. I just had a quick thought that I wanted to record before I forgot it. So I'm reading in Joseph Smith translation, um, every revision in the Old and New Testament. It's a book that I just recently got. It is all of the revisions or what's called the inspired version um, by Joseph Smith. I'm in Mark chapter 10. And I just read about the fig tree, and it made me think of something. And it says, um, so inspired version, this is verse 14 of chapter 11 of Mark, but in um, the KJV, it would be verses 12 through 13. Anyway, it says, and on the morrow, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, he being Christ, and seeing the fig tree afar off, Having leaves, he came to it with his disciples, and as they supposed, he came to it to see if he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, there was nothing but leaves, for as yet the figs were not ripe. And Jesus spake and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever and his disciples heard him. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them who sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry a vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves? So I find that fascinating because the I feel like the Holy Spirit has put in my mind over and over and over again that we're the fig tree generation. And he keeps bringing into my mind the scripture that um, the what Jesus said about the parable that he would not, you couldn't put new wine, which is new doctrine, in old bottles because the bottles would burst. So you have to put new wine in new bottles. So, or new wine skins, however you want to translate that. So, all right. It has been my understanding now through the Spirit for a long time that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is in a state of absolute apostasy. Um, that just as it says in um, the book of Isaiah, in the very first chapter, I'll read that to you really quickly. It says, it says, The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. 
So the foot is the lowliest members, and the head are the leaders. There's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. So that was Isaiah chapter 1, starting in verse um, 6. Okay? So this is the current condition of the church. And why do I know that? Because it's addressed, if you look down in verse 8, to the daughter of Zion. The daughter of Zion. Joseph Smith was commanded to establish Zion. And the people refused to enter in to that covenant. They didn't want to keep the law of consecration or various other laws. Um, and so because of that, as it tells us in the Doctrine and Covenants, that in, I believe it's section 105, that um, we must wait for a little season for the redemption of Zion. We've been in that little season, and God has been waiting for us as the fig tree to wake up, um, to get into our scriptures, and to learn the will of God and to become his people and to be willing to enter into those covenants. Um, but for the most part, we will not. So it says, yeah, so let me go back here. So that what I quoted was Doctrine and Covenant section 105, um, verse 9. Therefore, in consequence of the transgressions of my people, it is expedient in me that mine elders should wait for a little season for the redemption of Zion. Zion's not been redeemed. Even though we call our stakes the stakes of Zion, we are not, a, we are not Zion. We are the daughter of Zion. We were what was left. Um, the, the church that's in the wilderness, the church that's in apostasy, um, the church that needs to be cleansed. We are the fig tree. And when Christ came back to check on us, guess what? The fruit was not yet mature. And so what does he do with the fig tree? What does he do with the church? He says to the fig tree or to the church, he says, And Jesus spake and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard him. Okay? So, God is closing the current um, wine bottle. It's closed to us. Um, this is not the path that we're going to be able to take to come to Christ because we cannot become a Zion people. We cannot support the new wine. We're still not willing. We're unripe fruit except for a very few. And, and God bears that out. Once again, in Isaiah chapter 1, he does say to us, because there are a few that will be saved, it says, The daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard. I'm in verse 8 of Isaiah chapter 1. Um, a hut and a melon filled a city under siege. Had not Jehovah of hosts left us a few survivors? There it is. There will be a remnant of those from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that wake up, that do become ripe fruit, okay? But those who remain on the tree, those who remain in the church and are not gathered out, huh, they all remain unripe fruit. They never ripen. It says, had not Jehovah of hosts left us a few survivors, we would have been as Sodom or become like Gomorrah. 
So referring to what I just said, if you look in Doctrine and Covenants section 86, um, it explains what I just said. The righteous are going to be gathered out. Just a minute and I'll read that to you because I never like to use my own words. I, let us only speak the word of the Lord. Let us only speak the word of the Lord because anything other than that is going to come of unrighteousness. Let us speak in the name of God using the words of the prophets. Let us not speak our own words and our own that will come to our own condemnation. It says here, um, but the Lord saith unto them, I'm in section 86 of Doctrine and Covenants, verse 6, Pluck not up the tares while the blade is yet tender, for verily your faith is weak, lest you destroy the wheat also. So this is the time that um, God is waiting for the fig tree, for the, the fruit on the fig tree to mature, right? So we're all going to grow together. This is called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Therefore, let the wheat and the tares grow together until the harvest is fully ripe. Right? So the harvest, I guess some of it is some of the fruit is going to ripen. And we know that a remnant will. It says, then you shall first gather out the wheat from among the tares. The wheat are getting gathered out. They're not staying in the old wine bottle because you can't put the new wine. You can't enter into the new and everlasting covenant in the old wine bottle okay it says and after the gathering of the wheat behold and lo the tares are bound in bundles and the field remaineth to be burned okay so that's that's what i was just reading and then well there's one more thing i wanted to bring up to you so in the old testament here's here's another um i think that there should be multiple witnesses of everything uh, as a matter of fact, I know there has to be. And if there aren't multiple witnesses, then set it aside until God gives you multiple witnesses because you cannot declare something um, in the name of God as true until you have multiple witnesses. So let me see if I can find that witness right here. It's in Jeremiah 51. Um, yes, verse 6. Flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off in her iniquity. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. Okay? So we got to flee out of Babylon. And you, you're going to say, oh, but the church is not Babylon. Um, the church, any anything that's in apostasy is Babylon. Okay? There are, according to... Um, According to to First Nephi, I think it's chapter 14, save it be two churches. Let's see if I can find that really quickly. I'll read it to you. Um, Lamb of God. Let me see if I can find it. I don't think I have it highlighted in this one. Yeah, see, this is what I was telling you about. They're just being a remnant. And it says in verse 12, And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon the many waters. Because remember, the wheat and the tares are growing together. 
they're growing together. Um, I can't find it, darn, I don't have it marked in here. But there is a scripture that says there are, save it be, two churches only, the church of God and the church of the devil. Also, in um, Doctrine and Covenant section 10, he tells us who is of his church. He makes it very clear to us who is of God's church. And it has nothing to do with um, necessarily being affiliated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here's his definition of it. Behold, this is my doctrine. Um, this is Doctrine and Covenant, section 10, verse 67. Whosoever repenteth and cometh unto me, the same is my church. Whosoever declareth more or less than this, the same is not of me, but is against me. Therefore, he is not of my church. Okay? So, whosoever repenteth and cometh unto me. That's it. That's it. And now, behold, whosoever is of my church and endureth of my church to the end, him will I establish upon my rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. And now, remember the words of him, who is the life and the light of the world. So, and if you go to... Um, 3 Nephi chapter 11, it says the same thing, that those who are of the church of God are those who believe in Jesus Christ, repent of their sins, um, are baptized. Um, yeah, so it says right here in verse 32 of 3 Nephi 11, and this is my doctrine, and it is the doctrine which the Father hath given unto me, and I bear record of the Father, and the Father beareth record of me, and the Holy Ghost beareth record of the Father and me, and I bear record that the Father commandeth all men everywhere to repent and believe in me. And whoso believeth in me and is baptized, the same shall be saved, and they are they who shall inherit the kingdom of God. Then he goes on to talk about that rock again. He says, um, Verily, verily, verse 39, I say unto you that this is my doctrine, and whoso buildeth upon this buildeth upon my rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. And whosoever shall declare more or less than this and establish it for my doctrine, the same cometh of evil and is not built upon my rock, but is on buildeth on upon a foundy, sandy foundation. Excuse me. And the gates of hell stand open to receive such when the floods come and the winds beat upon them. Okay. So those who preach anything, save it be faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism and um, the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, those who declare any more than that to be the doctrine of Christ, uh, they're not established on the rock. And I would submit to you that you may need to do some study on that, but the Church of Jesus Christ is definitely declaring more than that to be the doctrine of Christ. Our entire temple regimen is uh, centered around the fact that there's more than this. This is That is the doctrine of Christ. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, and it's really interesting because let me go back to this fig tree thing and I'm going to tie it all together right here and I'll be done. It says, And when he came to it, the fig tree, there was nothing but leaves, for as yet the figs were not ripe. And Jesus spake and said unto it, No man eat of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Okay, so that's the condemnation of the church. Um, and they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple 
and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers. We are the people. We are the fig tree generation. We're the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're the ones that have temples. And in our temples, there's nothing but filth going on. That is not the doctrine of Christ that's going on in our temples. And so I find it really interesting that right after the fig tree, um, the cursing of the fig tree, then you have going in and cleansing the temple. And, um, and then there's not much left. Shortly after that comes um, Jesus Christ's atonement for all mankind. Um, well, of course, there's the time he spends in the, um, the garden suffering for our sins. And um, uh, before that, the supper that, the first supper that he shared with his apostles. But anyway, I'm just saying that was coming towards the wrapping up scene, just like the cleansing of our church and the cleansing of our temples is the wrapping up scene. Um, it's proceeding towards the wrapping up scene. It is so fascinating. And talking about the temples, if you don't believe me, go to Isaiah chapter 1. Once again, it says right here, um, verse 10, Hear the word of Jehovah, O leaders of Sodom. Give heed to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. So he's calling us Sodom and Gomorrah. He's calling the leaders Sodom and the people Gomorrah. That's amazing. This is what God thinks of us right now. For what purpose are your abundant sacrifices to me? Okay? Sacrifices. The sacrifices that we make in the temple. Says Jehovah, I've had my fill of offerings of rams and fat of fatted beasts. Alright? So, in the temple today, we actually offer ourselves. We are the rams. And we're the fat of the fatted beasts. The blood of bulls and sheep. And isn't this interesting? He also includes he goats. So this is, these are the type of people that are going into the temple. You have the rams and the bulls and the sheep and the he goats. And remember, we have the parable where um, the goats are going to get separated from the sheep. Anyway, he, what does he say about these sacrifices? He says, I do not want. When you come to see me, who requires you to trample my courts so? Okay, so there is definitely a cleansing of the temples coming. There is um, a cursing of the fig tree, which is our church. It might apply, I'm still trying to understand that of the Lord, um, further to Christendom, but it definitely applies to us. I mean, we're the ones that have temples and are going in and doing sacrifices in the temple, which we're sacrificing ourselves in the temple. Um, yeah, we definitely can call ourselves the daughter of Zion. Because as I just explained to you, we are what was left. Um, we are the Zion that has not yet been redeemed. We are, when you go into other scriptures, you'll find we are the barren wife, the one that did not bear. We did not bear fruit, right? The fruit never ripened. That is us. So when you go in and you read about the barren wife, that's us. Um, so anyway... I hope this was instructive. Um, don't take my word for anything. Please take this to the Lord. Please read these scriptures for yourself. Ponder on them. Let them, but as Alma 32 says, do not cast it out immediately because of unbelief, right? But 
because you'll never know if this is good fruit, if that's what you do. I'll read that scripture to you really quickly. So in Alma chapter 32, this is really key to coming unto Christ. It says right here, verse 28, Now we will compare the word unto a seed. So I've just shared with you the word. Okay, it, let it be a seed. Now, if you give place that a seed may be planted in your heart, behold, if it be a true seed or a good seed, then he has a clause. If ye do not cast it out by your unbelief, that ye will resist the spirit of the Lord. Okay? So this is assuming that you're not going to cast it out immediately because of unbelief. So let's go back and see. It says, now if you give place that a seed may be planted in your heart. Then it goes on to say that, um, behold, it will begin to swell within your breasts. And when you feel these swelling motions, and ye will begin to say within yourselves, it must needs be that this is a good seed or that the word is good for it beginneth to enlarge my soul it beginneth to enlighten my understanding it beginneth to be delicious to me in other words what you'll find is that the Lord will lead you through the spirit to more confirmations of the truth of the message if you don't cast it out immediately because of unbelief but if you do a trial upon it God bless you all.